Welcome to Pods and Pies, our uh, fake sponsor today. Fake sponsor is Summit Pizza Summit. Company. <laughs> we usually know, do... do, you, uh, do you, where do you live? Holiday. 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 Yeah. Well, this is a Thanksgiving Point Traverse Mountain pizza place. Yeah. Got it. What's it's your, actually pretty good. What's your like go-to pizza? Do you have a place you like? You know what? There's a place in the... Uh, it's in the basement of a small sort of retail center in Holiday. I'm going to space the name of it. It's open three nights a week. Okay. It's the world's best. I'm 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 gonna figure it out because okay. it, it's. I like love the, pizza. I want to know. It's like pure Italian pizza. It's fantastic. Oh boy. Oh boy. So you got a fake sponsor and you have a fake guest on your podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. As well. So we have the amazing Jeremy Andrus from Traeger on. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome man. Got a it's slice way better there. than being the office. Pizzeria Tasso. T A S S O. It's fantastic. It's like they've got a brick oven. Portable brick oven oh, pizza amazing. maker in the back, yeah. and it's fantastic. So you know what I just bought? There's a company called Uni that makes. Uni's awesome. Uni. I okay, I figured that might be kind of in the same, same kind of you know, uh, not industry, but just kind of space or, or yeah. right. So I bought. I actually so you know, anyway, not to tap. My first thing I ever cooked on my Traeger was a Papa Murphy's pizza. I got it the day I got it. I cranked that sucker up as high as I could get it, and I just, we went and got take and bake pizzas, and I did pizza in the Traeger. It was amazing. You I know mean, what? Pizza on a Traeger is great. We're, we're about to figure out how to do it better. Yeah. Because um, if, uh, you if you could somehow, I mean, because I bought an uni, the 16-inch uni thing, right? I don't know if you heard of that. But it's, it's just a pizza maker? So it's an outdoor pizza yeah. oven, okay. and gotcha. it will get like 800 it degrees, yeah. 800 or plus. Actually, they say like 900, but I think, you know, you're talking like 800. It's and it will hot. cook a pizza. Now, if you have the right dough, and I'm, I've gotten way into pizza right now. Pizza That's dough. Awesome. Dude, you could, yeah, the right pizza dough and the pizza, it cooks in 90 seconds. I do one Neapolitan one style. I, I turn it yeah. once. Yes. It's awesome. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait. Now, the downside is I, I bought it a few weeks ago. It won't even be, it won't even ship till March because yeah. they just, they're killing they it. Were, they're killing it. Way, way behind, which is amazing, right? Good for them. But uh, I'm actually awesome. going to borrow my neighbors just so I can start it's dialing legit. in the dough, start yeah. dialing in the pizza. There's but a real art to the dough, too. I know. Like really getting the dough right. I spent oh, two sweet. hours on YouTube right down the rabbit hole <laughs> on only how to these Italians making the pizza dough. It's amazing. Yeah. By the way, this is good pizza. Yeah. Good, good, good fake yeah, some is, some is, yeah. Some is pretty good. We do, uh, we'll get the dough, roll it out right. Little olive oil, a little garlic, put it on there for just cook it just barely each side, bring mm. it back in, top it, then take it back out. Good call. Cook it all together. Yeah. Well, if the dude the Traeger, I wouldn't Prime. need an uni. Like if that my Traeger could do like kind of that 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 same heat. But it's hard even in the wintertime. Like even I put a cover on my Traeger, it's like it's so hard to get it just like cranking hot. I'm just gonna but tell I'm, you. I'm just gonna tell you. Stay tuned. I'll, <laughs> that's I'll, good. I'll, to I'll, know. Leave, I'll leave it at that. That's good to know. That's good to know. What are your top three things to make on the Traeger? You know what? So I, I, I rotate. Like I, I'll fall in love with something and I'll do it over and over and over. Are you, you on know? it every day? Just yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our house the Traeger's always on. In fact, you know, since COVID hit. Uh, we've got a great culinary team at Traeger. We cook every day for our company. 
And uh, so I, I do lunch meetings, and it's great to bring people in from the outside and just cook this amazing meal for them. COVID hit, we all go home, and I decided I was going to start to cook for my guests. Like I was going to do, I can keep, keep doing business lunches. And so I've got it down to a science, a Snake River Farms steak filet, reverse seared. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, in my calendar, I, I reach out, hey, how do you like your steak? So in the calendar, it's like no, 10 a.m., medium rare. J, JJ likes it medium rare, for example. <laughs> and uh, reverse sear it, do a baked potato, olive oil, kosher salt, a great arugula salad, fresh baked cookies, and I cook for people that come over for business meetings. And it's like, it's the best experience. So I, I love, I'm a beefy, I'm a meat eater. How do I, how do I set up a business meeting? Uh, well, uh, so I know people. Because sounds delightful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great meeting. We'll, we'll definitely make it happen. But, but lately, beef tenderloin is something I love. Mm-hmm. Go, to, uh, go, go to Costco, go to Snyder Brothers. We've got great beef tenderloin. Slow cook it, and then sear it when you're finished. Sear it over hot cast iron. Uh, prime rib. I do you the, keep the cast iron heated in the Traeger? I do. Or do you just stick it in the oven, just crank it up? No, I, I leave the cast iron in the Traeger, <clears throat> and then I pull the, I, I pull the tenderloin out for then about you five minutes, crank it up crank to 500 it, yeah, degrees, yeah. and then I sear it for about two minutes on each side. Yeah. Um, prime rib. You know what? You only do prime rib in the holidays, apparently, but I'm starting to do what I did one over Christmas, and actually... It was like the world's best thing. And there, there's no better feeling than when you've got like 20 family members in for the holidays and they say, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. And you glow <laughs> with pride. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you do? You do it again. Yeah. Like you cook it again. So yeah. I've been cooking prime rib, not during the holidays. And it's, uh, I know it's like my, my future heart surgeon would say, like, not twice a week, Jeremy. That's yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of ridiculous, yeah. but I love it. And so I'm trying different different recipes on the rub, the finish, and uh, that's like my that that is my passion protein to cook right now. Yeah. Ask me in three months, it'll be something else. Something different. Yeah. What's um, what's the most annoying or question you get all the time, dude? I mean, I mean, obviously, like when they know what you do, do you know what? What so, you deal with, and they're just—is there a question that's just on on repeat, like so, all the time? Yes. Maybe one of these we've already. I'm just curious. No, no, you, you, you haven't asked. You haven't asked it yet. So I get the question a lot, and I wouldn't say it's annoying, but but I but I think my answer surprises people. Everyone says, "So what's next?" And like early in my career, there was always a next. It's like, what am I going to do next? Like I always had a plan five year, 10 year, one year. And people ask me that all the time and they don't believe my answer. The answer is nothing, like this is it. And like, is that gonna be the case 10, 20, 30 years? I don't know, but, but I learned that, first of all, when it's always about what's next, you can't truly love what you're doing. It's like, why plan something that's next when you love what you do? Yeah. And I, I've just developed this this belief that, you know, the grass beneath my feet is the greenest grass out there. And so if I'm looking for greener grass somewhere else, I just can't enjoy where I stand. That's good. And honestly, I, I get that question constantly. And, and people love the, it's like new business. You run for office. Are you going to like, no, like I love this moment in time. 
And as long as I can preserve the feeling I get when I <coughs> spend time at Traeger, I don't have a job, haven't had a job for a long time. Updated my resume last in 2002 yeah. when I was graduating <laughs> from school. And um, it's the best thing to simply say, you know what? I do Traeger because I love it, and that's it, period. That's good. That is good. Yeah. Now, can, what's next? I'm going to take a bite of this yeah, pizza. Yeah, yeah, pizza. Good. Good. So let's, uh, let's go back before Traeger. So I think probably a lot of people know Jeremy Andrus, Skullcandy, and Traeger. Let's go back before that and kind of give us your, your history. Before, did you grow up in here in Utah? I did not grow up in Utah. Uh, and, and then I'll take you through the, through the disastrous career years okay. of Jeremy Andrus. <clears throat> um, so I grew up all over the place. Midwest till I was 10, lived in a small town in England. Uh, my, my family moved over there, a small town called Cropston. Yeah. Uh, our house had a name, not an address, and that's not because it was a manor. It was like a very small town. And um, What was the name? Uh, it, it was Cropston. It Cropston. Was the Cropston town, this was at the corner of an intersection, yeah, okay. it was called Cropston. Yeah. And um, literally, where there there was a corner store, that was it. And uh, coolest experience. Um, sad to leave Minnesota. Sad to leave my dog, who couldn't come with us. But like this great adventure. I'd grown up in a small town in Minnesota to move to England and like travel around Europe. My just my dad's dad's job. Uh, junior high in Boston. Uh, the North Shore, actually New England, closer to um, the New Hampshire border. Um, Washington, D.C. High School. Uh, Santa Monica, Dallas, Italy, Israel. I mean, like, from there, yeah. I was all over the place. Till yeah. when? Till what, what age? I mean, what, till, till I came to Utah 15 years ago. Like, I, I was all over the place. Yeah. Like. My life was all like always an adventure. Like I'm a very adventurous person, and like never willing to settle down until I found what just really made me tick. And that was frustrating for me for a while. Like always enjoying the ride, but maybe not as much as I could have if I, if I weren't so focused on like who I wanted to become. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I moved around a lot, and I did a lot of different things, and. Uh, you know, a real sense of adventure that my family and I have now. I mean, like over over Christmas, we we went down to Costa Rica, and we saw Costa Rica differently than most families that have six kids under 12 years old. We got in the van, we cranked up the tunes, and we, we drove. Like, we stopped in small towns, and we adventured. And so, you know, uh, pe people here do know me as... Skull Candy and Traeger, and Skull Candy is one I like. I, I converted my passion to an opportunity, but boy, I day traded stocks, um, made a ton of money, and lost all of it, and then lost more than I started with, which took me ten years to pay back. Um, and what? So what year did you? I was day trading. Did you land in Utah? In uh, two thousand five. But that's Mark. different than when you did Skull Candy. 
So no, so no. so I uh, actually Skull Candy. I was living in San Francisco. I was gainfully employed. I had a job. Yeah. I was paying off my business school debt, seven hundred dollars a month over thirty yeah. years. Yeah. Over thirty years. I mean, they're like, I got a job. My parents are proud of me. Like, I'm holding down a job. Uh-huh. I'm making good money, and I'm bored out of my mind. And so I remember I was in Southern California with my then girlfriend, now now wife driving down Laguna Canyon, no cell reception. I get to the end of it, and I've got a voicemail from a buddy of mine from back home who had just recently moved to Park City, and he said, hey, there's this company, there's a startup called Skull Candy. It's like three guys, it's gonna be a big business, like massive opportunity. And I remember driving home back to my girlfriend's, back to Kristen's apartment, and looking at skullcandy.com, and it was raw. I mean, it was like, there was this, there was like two products. It was integrated audio into helmets at the time. And there was this heavy metal loop that repeated like every 10 seconds. (laughs) It was so bad. And I'm looking at this saying, this is kind of like, there's something interesting about this. At the time, I'm living in San Francisco. I'm taking the bus to the financial district every day. And I'm seeing like this white cable. And then it was multiplying every few days, two white cables, four, eight. And it was the iPod. This was like back in 2004. And, and I connected like this interesting brand around snowboarding and, and wearable electronics with this portable music thing that I'm starting to really see take, take shape in San Francisco. And I quit my job and I drove to Park City and I moved into my parents' basement and I Your parked, parents were here. My parents were here, which is which is the only reason. It's only yeah. way, it's only way it worked out. Yeah. I had a basement to move into, and otherwise, I really didn't have I didn't have much money at the time. And uh, I moved to the basement, and I you know I joined this guy Rick Alden, who be he was a great entrepreneur, and I learned a ton from. And that was like the start of, that's when my that's not when my career started, but I think that's when most people think it started. I was kind of a train wreck for years. I mean, always working hard, always looking, but always trying to find my passion and not willing to stop if it wasn't the right thing. Like I learned at every moment along the way, but Skull Candy, I, like I had this moment where I just said, I love brand. Like I truly love yeah. brand. I love to think about a consumer and like what really brings a consumer joy. Like what. Remember the first time I saw someone buy a pair of, of Skull Candy Skull Crushers in Salty Peak, in, in Salt Lake, off of Salty Peaks. <laughs> and uh, I heard this guy take it up to the counter and say, hey, what do you know about this Skull Crusher thing? And like my heart starts pounding. I'm so like, you're just observing this. I'm observing. And I'm thinking, should I jump in? Should I sell it? Like, don't, just listen. And the guy behind the counter says, it's awesome. It's got like subwoofers built in, battery powered subwoofers. Start selling this thing. And the guy bought it. And it, it's the first time I watched someone buy my product. Like, like I was on fire. It was like the greatest thing ever. And I've learned to really appreciate this, uh, this moment of delighting a customer with, with a really great product. And it's like, as a consumer guy, it's the best thing ever. So at Skull Candy, I found this intersection between great product, disruption, like thinking differently about the world, 
uh, disruptive brand, disruptive product, uh, Asia sourcing. Like I love, I love to go to China and now Vietnam. We source in Vietnam as well. Fascinated by that whole thing, and seeing it from like a concept developed in the U.S., you know, over to Asia, and then sitting at a point of sale in retail and like stepping back and. I'll never tire of watching someone explore a brand that I'm a part of and seeing them convert. I was in Dallas a few weeks ago, it's right before Christmas, and uh, doing visits, retail visits with some members of my sales team down there. And we pulled up to a shop, and there's this woman saying, "Cars over here, and they've got a they've got a flatbed um, pushing this uh, this Timberline 850 that she's bought for her husband for Christmas." What a great like, wife. Great wife. What a great wife. I said, I said the same thing. I was like, that's, by the way, just so you know, this is a great grill. He's going yeah. to love you. And I didn't want to tell her who I was because it's like, hey, what do you know? Why did you buy this? What do you know about this? And she says, you know, my husband's been wanting one of these things. In fact, I don't know if I can wait till Christmas. I may just give it to him today. And then I eventually told her who I was. And she said, oh, my gosh, I got to get a selfie. This is so cool. It's like, no, I want, can you send that to me? Because... You know, this was weeks ago. Like the experience of watching someone do their research, walk into retail and buy it and leave with it and say, that's going to sit on their back porch and they're going to have these great food experiences around a product that I helped build. It's really like, to me, it's like the greatest joy. So, you know, and, and I'll put a bow on, on, on the question. I'm sort of all over the place by saying for 10 years, I really didn't know what my career was going to be. And uh, there were some really frustrating moments. And I say that because you'll find, like if you're in one of those moments, you're gonna find something if you keep your feet moving. And I look back and say, boy, there are moments where I thought, this is a disaster. And then there was like this period at Skull Candy where I said I found my passion and I will forever be this, whether it's headphones or grills, something that just really gives me inspiration around bringing great products to market. Yeah. Yeah. How long were you at Skull Candy before they went public? Six, uh, six years. And then how long after? Two years. Okay. That was, uh, and boy, that was painful. What happened? Oh. To Skull Candy, where where because I remember I remember these these years like I remember yeah. the Skull Crushers like Skull Candy some. was. Do you really? Amazing. Oh, I had, I had some. I had some. They were like you know what purple. I mean? It was just like yeah, who did you, you yeah. have like James Harden, yeah. like NBA players rocking them, and it was like Kevin man, Durant. Skull I Candy spending is... an evening with with James Harden, Kevin Durant, Derrick Rose. I mean, like having dinner in Vegas, going to a concert, and they're just all freaking out about Skull, Skull Candy, candy. and I'm like. I've been hanging out with some of my favorite NBA players ever. Yeah. Um, you know, um, first of all, the early days of Skull Candy were hard. It's like we didn't have two nickels Could, from. Yeah, I, go ahead. I'm asking you, well, yeah. why? But I know that's a very, I mean, why was it hard? I mean, we're talking, is it the people? You know, was the, it, the was people it, were was great. It, was it like logistics of, of like the product? I mean, what, what, why, I mean, I'm just curious. Like, yeah. when you say hard, because my mind goes, well, what the hell? <clears throat> Do you know what? I loved the people. Uh, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. I'll give you an example. Day four at Skull Candy, <laughs> my day four, Thursday morning, Rick Alden walks into my office, takes his hat off, 
and he starts like giving himself a scalp massage, puts his head down, and he says, dude, we got a problem. And I'm like, okay, day four, how can I help solve it? And he says, we're out of money. I'm like, oh, well, that would have been nice to know five yeah. days ago, five days ago before I quit you my job and drove here. And of course, not wanting to fail day four, he said, okay, let's talk to me. I said, well, we can't make payroll tomorrow, and our factory's holding shipment, so we can't get more inventory. And I've saved some money. I still haven't paid off my $200,000 margin debt for day trading stocks five years before that, but I've saved some money from my last job. And uh, he needed 15 grand. And uh, I wrote a check for 15 grand. And I wasn't getting paid anyway. It was all equity. Yeah. I was living in my parents' basement. And I'm like doing the math of my, my dad charging me 100 bucks a month rent. Uh, and by the way, I've still never paid him. <laughs> Thanks, he, Dad. He, he gives me crap. He, he wanted me to be responsible, so it wasn't a free basement. It's turned out to be fairly free so far, unless he's tacking interest on. And um, so, Dad, I got you a Traeger. Yeah, yeah, well, I and by the way, he invested in Skull Candy and Traeger, so he's, he's done plenty fine. And, you know, it was, uh, it was hard because we didn't have two nickels to rub together. We couldn't finance inventory. We couldn't finance growth. I remember being in a trade show in Vegas, and uh, at the end of a trade show, trading headphones for gas and for a hotel no. room. For a hotel room. Like, we, we, we bartered, and, and it worked. So, I mean, because banks couldn't no, get money from banks. We weren't I mean, bankable. I no, mean, like, not no bankable. We were tiny. Like, we were you couldn't unstable. sell. You couldn't sell anybody, any, any other investors. We couldn't get people to invest. No, so, wow. so it was hard to get people to yeah. invest. And, like, we eventually... You know, like 25 grand at a time, we raised money from like my dad, my brother, you know, guy in the neighborhood. And we raised, we built Skull Candy a total of $800,000 of equity. And then eventually we can get very high interest rate revolving loans, like factoring loans. Yeah. And uh, so that was hard. Um, I didn't really know how to build a team. Like that was hard to, like how do you, how do you find good people? Like, te- it's like team is everything. Um, what happens when you have like cultural conflict in your business and like you really care about culture? And so what I found was that, you know, because what I, what I had done before, which was build real estate, day trade stocks, so management consultant, um, I ran a lawn business, like I, nothing really classically prepared me for Skull Candy. And so it was hard and then it was hard because it wasn't growing. And then it started growing, and it was hard because it was growing. Yeah. And then you've got to figure out how to get this product over to an air freight, and I'm like, my retailers are upset with me. Uh, and so, and then we go public. I mean, six years in, I'm making this up as I go along. I truly, like, I'm doing my best, and I, I believed in faking it until you make it, and actually I don't believe in that anymore. I think you just acknowledge where you don't know something. But at the time, I faked it, and then we go public. And literally, we have this insane valuation at our IPO. It's worth $550 million, and it never trades above the IPO price again. And by the way, worse than that, we became the highest shorted stock on the NASDAQ. For six months, we were number one. Well, was the price too high on the initial offering? Or, I mean, what was the... The price was too high, and, and honestly, I didn't understand this at the time. And it, Skull Candy truly became my blueprint for Traeger, like for yeah. good and for bad. But um, <laughs> we were 
an accessory that plugged into a device, so we didn't control the device or the royalties that would come that we had to pay to plug into it. Um, we didn't control the technology of the device. We were, we were mm. a very strong brand for a 14 to 24 year old male. And so you go, accessory, 14 to 24 year old male, <laughs> and then Beats comes into the market, and suddenly people said, I'll bet against you all day long. And they did. Like, we were the number one shorted stock in the NASDAQ. And I remember not only like the fire that I felt under my feet for that, but I remember reading these short seller memos. They would circulate, end up back on my desk from, from Wall Street, like really, really well written. Like they know a lot about our business and they're like 96% accurate and 4% misleading. And the 4% misleading, I almost believed. Like it was so well written, I'm running the company. <laughs> and so uh, that was hard. I mean, like I, I, I felt a lot, a lot of weight. I wasn't really, like it was all moving so fast. And there's ex this expression that you hear about athletes when they go into professional sports, NFL especially, where they say the game slows down. And the game was moving so fast that I couldn't process it. And then I took a year off between Skull Candy and Traeger, and I got into Traeger and I had a blueprint. I had this pattern recognition. And then the game slowed down because I had, I had an experience to, to sort of judge against and to make better decisions yeah. against. And, and so like every day I say the best thing that happened in my career was uh, meeting Rick Alden Skull Candy. Uh, second best thing is that I left uh, because that allowed me to find Traeger. And Skull Candy was a unique adrenaline ride. I mean, we were in 80 countries around the world, traveled millions of miles, Asia, Europe, Middle East, Latin America. Um, and it was like this crazy adrenaline ride. I didn't realize until after I had left what I was doing was just like not sustainable. Yeah. And so then Traeger happened. And, and, and you know, hopefully uh, I'm better now than I was then. Hopefully I'm better now than I was a year ago, but Skull Candy was stressful. Sounds like it. Yeah. It's a cool experience, but yeah. I wouldn't do it again. Do you know how they're doing now? You know, they're doing well, actually. And, okay. and that makes me happy. Yeah, you know what? Jason Hodel uh, is a CEO. He's a terrific human being. He's a great CEO. Uh, they went through uh, a tough period, went private. Uh, I think they've done a nice job on product over the last couple of years, and they're growing nicely now. By the way, COVID's been also a great friend of theirs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, work, work from home, uh, study from home, school from home, got a pair of headphones. And so they were doing well heading into there, and that's that's been a nice tailwind. But, like, I, I really, like, I, I do have, like, my heart part of my heart's still in Skull Candy, and I really do want it to succeed. You ever just swing over there and just hop on their ramp? and? So, so the, the answer is, get your, uh, get yes. Get your ramp on? Yes. Uh, on. A few months ago, uh, we had a, like this awesome group, mountain bike group together from Traeger, and um, we finished in the Skull Candy parking lot, and we had grills set up, and Jason and some guys from Skull Candy came out, and it was sort of funny. J Jason's a, he's a wonderful person. I have uh, hired more than one people from more than one person from Skull Candy, more than one like probably forty over <laughs> over the last seven years, and and ne never really going after them, but just people I knew that reached out and said, "Hey, uh, I, I want to come join you," and uh, 
The last one I hired, uh, I got this great text message from Jason Hodell, who could have been upset with me. And he said something like, hey, why don't we just, why don't we just combine holiday parties this year? We'll bring, <laughs> we'll bring the music. You'll bring the food. It's kind of the same team same anyway. Team. <laughs> right? And, uh, yeah, I, I really do want them to succeed. And I love watching from the outside. They're doing some great things as a brand. Where's, yeah. your, um, where's your favorite mountain biking up Park City area? You know what? Uh, so, so do you go a lot? Do you, I do. You I, bike? I, do. I, I love to bike. Um, I tend to because I live in the valley. I don't go as much up to Park City. That day we done the the Crest Trail, and I absolutely yes. I love I, I love, love the it. Crest Trail. You know, and and I actually love. So said, from your house, then I guess from your house, where do you usually head to? Well, so when I, I so I did the Leadville uh, race, Leadville one hundred. Really? One year. What's that? It's a hundred miles. A, it's five mountains. You heard that? Yeah. It's five mountain peaks. Yeah, and that's a you big get up to thirteen thousand feet. You start at ten thousand eight hundred feet of elevation. That's where you start. That's where you yeah. start. And you get up to thirteen thousand feet of elevation. The year I did that, I was doing the crest trail from my house in Sugar House. I would ride all the way up Big Cottonwood Canyon, all the way up, you know, Empire Puke Hill. Yeah. And and I would and then I would drop in Mill Creek Canyon. How many is that? That's like forty miles. It it's well, what, what, it's, what it's forty miles. Uh, yeah, it's about it's not quite forty miles. Yeah, I was but gonna say depending on where in Sugar House you're at. But it, but it's a lot of elevation. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. And, a ton. and that's how I got into shape. But but I, I really I, I I love you know there are a number of trails. Uh, you know Glen Wild going over the top of yeah. Glen Wild's a great one. Um, I love Corner Canyon. Yeah. To me, that's like fun. Low elevation, <laughs> like it's just got some amazing riding. Uh, when I lived in Sugar House, I did um, Rush, uh, not Rush, that's, that's Corner Canyon, uh, up Dry Creek, mm-hmm. down Bobsled, crossed uh, Bonneville Shoreline. So yeah. Yeah. I just, I, it's a, like I've, and I, I didn't mountain bike before I came to Utah. And like I've just discovered the outdoors like yeah. two or three mornings a, a week. You know, it doesn't matter winter, summer, I'm throwing a headlamp on. And I'm running up a mountain with micro spikes, and like That's a week awesome. ago, it was 16 degrees when I left. And so, um, Utah's home. I've been yeah. here 15 now, more than 15 years, and I 16 years actually this March. I'd never leave. It's like the best place ever. Yeah, you done Deer Valley? Yeah, love 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 it. Love, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I I am more of a climber. I, I like to ride and climb. Yeah, we, um, yeah, we're the same. You know, when it, when it, when I when I go with like serious, like guys just like bombing downhill with like the protective helmet and whatnot. Yeah, that's. I'm probably the slowest. Like I really value both collarbones right. a lot. Yeah. Well, and your yeah your life, your life. Yeah, yeah. And I feel way because I've only been mountain biking for six years now. I'm way more comfortable on a pair of skis or a snowboard. Oh really? Then, then yeah. I, yeah, it's because I've been doing it my whole life. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're big bikers. <laughs> yeah. cool. It's funny. I've been mountain biking, basically my whole life since high school. But this last year, you know, it's weird. COVID set everybody off. Yeah. You could not you, find you a bike. Find no, bike you couldn't find a bike. I mean, it would. You know, parking lots were dominated. But it was interesting. We we and like, oh, let's upgrade. I mean, everybody's upgrading bikes, but we were. It was gangbusters this last year. Which is so a, it's a little different than other years because we've been going for a long time, like I say. But yeah, I mean, there's what probably ten of us. We oh, all yeah. went out and got it's new bikes, just, so it, and we're the and same. We just way. We're just yeah. like, no, we climb, we climb to go down. Like we yeah. just we don't do a lot of shuttles. We don't do a lot of the yeah. deer valleys, even Climbing's though those are awesome. amazing. Yeah, yeah. 
That's fun stuff. You know, you know, I was uh, I was biking uh, this fall. The good buddy of mine, Aaron DeRose. He lives in uh, lives in Draper. Aaron DeRose. Hold on. You know Aaron? I golfed with him at uh, Riverside at this uh, Corient event. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. Terrific guy. He was in. He, a, Worked for Mercado for a bunch yes, of years. Yes, Mercado. And then um, where did he go after that? He or, ran Total Health and Fitness, which yes. he acquired. Okay. And he's now my he's now my business partner on investments. So yeah. so we he's full time. Yeah. Finding investments. Big dude, tall us. dude. Yeah. Went to Alta. Did yep. he go to Alta High School? You know what? Did he? I think he grew up in Draper. He did. I, well, I don't, yeah, that's anyway. If I had my phone, I'd pull up. Anyway, sorry. And Aaron did, did, and I are riding did, up yeah. a mountain. Yeah. And. We're t- like I'm huffing and puffing, and I'm in good shape. And he's like asking me questions, like, "Oh, no I know exactly what wasn't. you're gonna say." He was on an electric bike, <laughs> and I look over, like, "Dude, like I thought I was in great shape." And he's like, hey, "I've got this set on, like, yeah, yeah, like level four. And I'm like, <laughs> "You sucker!" Yeah, I ran into him at the um, on the on the Alpine side parking lot, at the okay. bottom of Vertigo and. Uh, Levitate stuff, but I met I, I got it was so funny. I golf with him, and then I run into him in the parking lot, and I already knew he had an e-bike, you know. And yeah. anyway, so it, it was just so it was he's just all I about the downhill. Yeah, you know, so like I want to get up so I can go down. Like he's like, you do one loop, I'm doing three. I I he can't keep up with me when he's on his not on his e-bike <laughs> on the way up, and I can't keep up on the way down. Like yeah. he's an aggressive rider on the yeah. way down. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool, dude. <clears throat> So in between uh, Skull Candy and Traeger, what are you doing in that year? Or is that like, I'm, I'm looking for my myself. next? Okay. You know what? Yes, I was looking for what was next. That is true. But um, it was a unique moment in my life where Skull Candy was an eight-year blur. I mean, literally, I was seven days a week. You know, I was 200 nights a year on the road. It went so fast. A couple of things happened during that period. Number one... I got married and I moved out of my parents' basement, <laughs> which they were, th- maybe that's why they didn't collect the rent. It's like, okay, he's, he left. It's like, chalk it up, that's chalk good, it up. That's good what. enough. And uh, I got married, started having kids. And I remember towards the end of Skull Candy, uh, my wife saying, hey, we were driving, uh, we were driving on the 224 in Park City. We passed the McDonald's on the left. Ute Boulevard, where our office was, was on, that was the McDonald's on the right, you Boulevard's on the left. And my four-year-old daughter said, look, Mom, it's where Daddy lives. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and like, she, like, that's like, that's a kid slip. But she kind of believed it because I spent a lot of time there. And I finished this Skull Candy experience. I said, number one, I got married and started having kids. And I didn't spend enough time with my family. And it's just like, it was just so seamless from startup, married kids, that the path of least resistance for me was get on an airplane, do skull candy. It was never a conscious uh, effort, but I realized that I had a moment to get to know my, uh, actually three daughters when I left skull candy. Um, now four daughters, two sons. I mean, like it's, it's insane. Yeah. But, um, so I wanted to spend time with them. And I remember like a lot of moments, like with my, you know, one of my daughters, coming home, just going to a top stop near our house, grabbing a Diet Coke and a kid's Diet Coke and sitting on the street corner and talking. And that was like, that was an, it was important for me to sort of like 
plant my roots in what was important for important to me. Um, we traveled a lot. You know, we went to Powell, Mexico, South Africa, Latin America. We traveled, my family and I, we loved to travel. My wife and I left the children and traveled together. So it's like it was a really good grounding moment. It's an opportunity for me to not only look at a lot of businesses, but step back and ask myself, what, what do I value in life uh, professionally? And at the time, you know, we got, we got really lucky at Skull Candy and really fortunate and we're not big consumers. So paid off the mortgage, paid off the Subaru, paid off my business school and paid off my margin debt. Nice. And we said, we're okay. So what does that mean for what's next? And we thought about a lot of different things and, you know, eventually decided that my passion is building business. And uh, I remember reading, like there, there was a very high impact moment when I was reading Clayton Christensen's book, How Will I Measure My Life? And he talks about, he uses this phrase, something like management is a noble profession. And it's noble not because of you're simply paying someone's paycheck every other Friday, but because the environment that you create, uh, the influence that you have, your ability to stretch people and give them opportunity and give them confidence as they overcome adversity, it makes them better people, better fathers, husbands, wives, children, community members. And when they go home, what they take with them is not the fact that maybe they made a Traeger grill during the day, but they bring a level of confidence and love and certainty with them. And that's when I said, and it wasn't a cop-out because I, I, I'm not driven by money, uh, haven't been for a long time. And so I worried that I, I just wanted to like keep making money and like building stuff. And I said, this is like the perfect intersection. Uh, I, can build a, I can build a business, which I absolutely love. I love being part of a team, love building a business. And at the same time, I can have positive impact on people. And that was like a real light bulb moment for me that just totally changed the way that I thought about my career. And so uh, like I, I, I explored a lot. Uh, I explored myself a lot. That's when I ran, that's when I rode the Leadville 100. Uh, that's when I started doing yoga and meditating and like really, you know, five in the morning, every morning. I had nothing to wake up for other than to do yoga before the sun came up. And so it was like, but, but probably the most important year of my life. And there have been great mm. years, but it was reflective. I wrote a lot about my Skull Candy experience. I left Skull Candy feeling like it was, you know, we got lucky, but it wasn't a great success for me because I knew... I knew where all the bodies were buried in that business and all the things that I would have done differently. And so I just, I look at that year as like, you know, in my, in my late thirties, but resetting like everything that I believed about myself and my life and what was important. And it was cool. It was a neat moment, but I'd love to do it again sometime. You know, it's hard when you're in the middle of a business and it's moving so fast, it's hard to really step back and be reflective and it's something I try and do more now. Um, but there's something to be said about being able to, t to truly take some time. Like I spent a lot of time in the mountains by myself with my music, riding my mountain bike, trying to get in the shape. And uh, it was kind of a, it was kind of an, it was a, it was an important inflection point in my life. I was a little unhappy when Skull Candy ended. Like I was, I was beat up, I, I was out of shape. I didn't feel healthy physically. I didn't feel healthy mentally, emotionally. I was just beat up. 
And I, I kind of like decided I would never find myself in that spot again. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. What is your favorite place to travel? Go, well, just, I guess, revisit. You, you know right? what? Uh, I have, uh, so, so we like to adventure. So, so I would say if there's any place we go back to a lot and love, it's Maui. Oh, really? Okay. We, we yeah. love it. Uh, one of my favorite rides in the And you're world. talking kind of the, the, is this family? Like a family? Fam family. Yeah. yeah. Fa favorite place, like my, one of my favorite things in the world to do is ride a road bike up Haleakala because you're riding from sea level to 10,000 feet and you're going through you're going through climates on the way up. You're going from hot and humid to cold. Uh, so we love to get over to Maui, but otherwise we just go new places. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm an, I've become an adventurer, so every year my family and I love to travel. My wife and I, you know, a couple of times a year we'll go someplace new. Uh, you know, I just I just booked her birthday weekend in Mexico City, not like not that far, not that expensive. Yeah. But we're foodies, and so we're gonna do a food tour for three days, and we're just gonna trek around. Is that now? Is that a tour that could, is guided, or is that a, is self guided? So ask me in a month. Okay. I, I, I am I'm building the plan for it right so you're now. You're building the plan. Yeah. So it'll be mostly self guided, but I'm trying to find a cooking class for us to take together because we both love to cook. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I do a, um, I do an a, an adventure, high adventure trip every year with uh, some really good buddies. They're they're sort of they're CEO entrepreneurs between here and Silicon Valley. David Smith, CEO founder of Cotopaxi, uh, he was kind of the ringleader. Um, Chris Chris Bowler, Cremonelli Fine Meats founder. <clears throat> like we get together, and we go someplace, and they're kind of intense trips. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I remember when they. The first year we went spear fishing, like we fly into this tiny island called Eczema, Exuma, something like that, in the Caribbean, and we rent these two small sailboats, dinghy boats, and we've got water, camping gear, spears, and something to guide. It's not a map when you sail; it's like a cart. It's like anyway, we're, we just yeah. we we set off. And we get really hungry, and you know, and and we and we get almost attacked by sharks. I get drug up against coral, like just the left side of my body scraped and bleeding. And we finish these things, and it's like we're tight, like we're we're friends, and we've done something hard. Yeah. Uh, last year, last February, right before COVID hit the U.S., we went to the Amazon. And this was not a tourist trip. You know, we found a guy named Rambo who spoke <laughs> no English, and we trekked around the Amazon. And it was hard. Like, I mean, it was emotionally exhausting. Um, the, the, the first night, I'm in a dirty, smelly hammock. I'm hearing animals. Like, you hear jaguars attacking prey 100 <laughs> yards away. You've got fires going so they don't attack you. Uh, no, no guarantees, and I'm 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 laying there, like with deet rubbed all over me. It's 88 degrees and humid. My the deet is eating my skin, and I start feeling anxiety. And I'm just like I'm a calm. I don't ever feel anxiety, and so I take an Ambien. <laughs> yeah. Does nothing. Uh, I take Zequel with my Ambien. Still nothing. 
And then, and then I do, and then I make a mistake. I pull out my iPhone, put my AirPods in, I start watching Narcos. <laughs> and I'm like, that was a bad idea. And so then I went to more yoga-esque type, type music. But uh, adventure, like it, I, my, my family and my friends and I, when we adventure, we don't very often go to the same place. Yeah. Except Maui. We, like Love Maui, Maui, you feel good. But otherwise, we just, you know, we, we, we find new places. Yeah. And there is a, uh, there's definitely a point you're saying to where you go, food is a priority. Food's important. Food, food, food's important, huh? You know what? When when we um, when we land, uh, and actually, I, I had this amazing surprise trip to Marrakesh, planned with my wife for that? Uh, Morocco. Okay. And it's like straight out of Aladdin. I mean, it's like just authentic, you know, markets and uh, sort of Middle Eastern <coughs> culture. And um, it was for mid mid April, which of course our plans changed, but. Um, I had this great food tour and like these Moroccan cooking classes set up. When we land, it doesn't matter what city, when my wife and I land in New York, for example, by the time we land, we have three restaurants lined up for that evening. And we literally, we will eat multiple entrees in multiple restaurant restaurants. We won't we won't finish any of them and so we'll all like, the things you're doing to stay fit is so that you can go you, and you eat. have to. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah you're so right. Yeah. yeah. And you're uh, staying fit to eat. We just really value food as an experience and it's part of my love for Traeger, which is that wasn't me growing up. I grew up in a home where, you know, uh I, we we fried spam and I was told that was steak because we didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And so food is like it was fuel. It was function, it was calories, and that was it. Then I married a foodie, and we became foodies together. And then we got in Traeger, and, and, and then we acquired Traeger, and, and that's like, my, my, it's as much Kristen's as it is mine in terms of our passion and our involvement. And uh, what I love the most about Traeger is the mission around bringing people together over great, great food experiences. I and know. you just bond like there's you bond. something different there is yeah. something different about people you may know you may not know yeah when you have and it's not even necessarily sometimes it, it is the food but sometimes it's actually the environment it's the experience it's the whole experience <clears throat> the food uh, is the food is the innate I get I get goosebumps when You're I think right. about places that I would give anything to go back to and eat when you leave that moment like there's something very communal and important in human relationships around sitting sitting around food, sitting around a table with great food. And, um, you know, it's a, it's something that's what I love about Traeger. I aspire to sort of empower people to cook for their friends and their family. It's like democratize cooking so that they can end up around a table and when they leave, they just say, that felt good. Like, yeah. these are my friends. Yeah, it's food. Yeah. Well, I was going to say uh, another curious question. Sorry, Danny. I'm talking about going food more food more food i love food you know one you got six kids i mean i have four kids right? how did that happen i Dude, asked I, myself <laughs> not biologically but <laughs> what was i thinking at what point along the way you know when you go but you go to like let's say costa rica for example or, or a place or maui i just the toughest thing with family travel and those places when i when my priority is like okay let's just find local food yeah local you know, it, it, that's, it's so hard when my kids want chicken nuggets, you know, or chicken strips. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, 
Well, you know, it, you know, I was just curious what your experience has been with that many kids, like kind of traveling. Is it's an it, interesting is, question. Are they, are they adopting your same, kind of the same feeling mentality of, of like just foodies? We want fresh, the fresh fish. We're going to a fishing village. We're going to have sushi out of it. You know. So that's an interesting. We've talked a lot about this. Uh, it's important for us when we travel that we are living, uh, we're living the culture. Like we're yes. respectful of the environment and that we're, like we're, we, we are enjoying the people that we're with. And so we talk about food because we've got some picky eaters in our family. Yeah. I'm, I, it's I'll, inevitable. I mean, you're going to have, you're going to have some picky oh, eaters. We, and we have one in particular and she, she's our, our second daughter. And, um, we go on a trip with our, with <clears throat> any of our children, eight years or older, every year we'll go someplace international. And, and it's, it's not going to be Paris or Rome or it's going to be, it's going to be an adventure that, that makes us all feel slightly uncomfortable out of our element. The first time we did that, we went to Japan. And it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, we trekked around on trains in Japan and we sat down with our second oldest and we said, hey, listen, you're going to see food in Japan that you just don't even know what it is. And you got you to eat it. You got you to gotta experience it. And, like, don't judge it before you've tried it. That's culturally offensive. And so we were so proud of her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she ate, uh, she ate sushi, raw fish. Um, you know, she, she ate all sorts. Now, of course, she, loved, she loves white pasta with butter on it. And so ramen noodles were, like, good ramen. It was, yeah. like, incredible. Yeah. But, um, you know, we talked about that. So when we're on, like vacation it, in a resort making, yeah it, it, it's like dad chicken fingers ketchup fries and that's like on every kid's menu they're, yeah. they're chicken tenders yep. um but that's okay when but when we're traveling for an experience like we say hey look You're you got, you, a got point you have to be part of this yeah. and and they do they they play ball even if they don't love it that's and good. i i guess like i I, I having traveled a lot to asia a lot to china and our manufacturing is not in city centers. I mean, like, we drive to get there from, from cities that you've never heard of. Um, I, 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 they, when they see what I eat, it's like they can't believe it. When I'm eating they, yeah. ants and chicken, like real chicken fingers, not like, like, yeah. like chicken processed, processed chicken <laughs> breast. Um, you know, it's like the things that I eat... Um, and I do it, and I do it to be respectful and, and to have the experience. And I've had some bad experiences. I, I had very bad um, uh, food poisoning uh, my last trip to China a year ago, December. So last year's the only year I haven't gone to China in 15 years, and I thought I was going to die. And, you know, I was like four hours from Shanghai, four hours from a good hospital, and, uh, like, my team's looking at me saying, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> and someone leaves and is calling an ER doc in the U.S. And I just believe you eat when, you know, when you're in a small village in Mexico, you eat the street tacos. Like you have the experience. Yeah. Every once in a while, doesn't, doesn't do you, do you yeah. right. Yeah. But I think it's part, of, it's part of like seeing the world through a different set of lenses. Did you try, I can't remember the name of the dish, but it's like these in Japan, it's like these fermented beans that tastes like stinky feet. Yes. Did you have those? Yes. Was that the worst thing you've They're ever put so in your mouth? bad. Oh my gosh, it's like a delicacy. Like people it's, love it. The, they by, by love the, it. That's what's amazing to me. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. Around Asia, the delicacies are the things that you simply say, 
There's no why? Way in hell. Yeah. Like not only why, but like why this body part? Like, <laughs> like, you know, it's 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 what they do. And and yeah. I will try anything once. I remember yep. the first time I ate snake. And, you know, we we picked the live snake out. They decapitated it and we ate it for dinner. That was a lot. <laughs> Tasted like chicken. Susan got yeah, beyond yeah. The, like all of the bones in it, but. <laughs> Yeah, yes, stinky feed beans. Oh, yes, dude, I've had the bites. And oh by the way, gosh. I didn't eat the second bite. Like, I'll always have the first bite. I don't even think you I finished. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> swallow. I couldn't do it. Um, how did you find Traeger? Because aren't they Oregon? They were in Oregon. They were Oregon. Oregon-based, right? Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, been around for a long time. They've been around now. They were, uh, uh, Joe Traeger founded Traeger in 1987. Okay. Joe Traeger. Yeah. Yeah, he, Joe Traeger's in his early 80s. I spent time with him, um, you know, understanding the heritage of the business. But uh, when I found Traeger when I was looking for a business to buy, and um, it was interesting. I remember actually a fund that I was affiliated with had found, and they reached out and said, hey, uh, we'd been talking, I was talking to a dozen funds about doing a deal together, private equity funds, and they said, we've got this business, it's called Traeger. And I remember saying, what's that? They said, it's a wood pellet grill. I said, great, what's that? And we talked for an hour and I said, it's not, that's not for me. And mm, yeah. we sort of put it down. They called me a couple months later and said, we really like this business. And they explained to me why. And I said, huh, that's interesting. And so I flew up to, I flew up to Oregon. Uh, I had set up about a dozen meetings with consumers, Traeger consumers, and we sat in a conference room one at a time, and I'm taking notes, and uh, I remember the very first gentleman I sat with, I said, so tell me about your Traeger, your experience with Traeger. And I'm taking notes, and he said, my Traeger changed my life. And I'm like, I put my pen down, I say, say that again? Like, what did you just say? It's like, what, as <laughs> a, a consumer guy, a what, it's statement. a big statement, like, yeah. I don't care what the brand is. And what I realized, the more that I got to know this brand, the more I really, and there really was no brand. I mean, there, there, was, there was no marketing department. I found it 27 years in, not a dollar had been spent on marketing, but there was like this, this community in Oregon. Of they, they identified with themselves as, themselves as trade owners. And I said, okay, what could we do if we actually innovate and build great product equal to this like great solution? Joe Traeger deserves all of the credit for this thing. He built a solution that's a really great solution. We just needed to make the product better. And then we needed to build a brand. Then we need to tell people, tell the world what a wood pellet grill is. And uh, it was interesting to, to me to hear this level of passion for something like as a student of great brand and with social media, there are no great secrets out there. Like great secrets are not secrets very long. And for whatever reason, this one just never really made it outside of the Pacific Northwest. And so the opportunity that I had was to um, to to be one of uh, my, my partner in New York, and I acquired the business. We first made a minority investment. It was a disaster, like a freaking train wreck. And we said we got to buy. We like the business, but we have to own the whole thing if we're going to do what we think we need to do. Yeah. And so uh, we acquired the rest of it, and I, and I moved it back to Utah, saying it's a great place to build business. How was that? What was that transition like with employees in Oregon? Hard. And it was back hard. to Utah. How many came with? <clears throat> First of all, I don't recommend it. Uh, I mean, like, <clears throat> I worried. And by the way, it, there was there was a very specific moment where I decided 
I was done with Oregon. People of Oregon are wonderful. I love Oregon. It's 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 a birthplace place for a brand. But there was a moment where I, I drove to the office, and uh, there was a fire truck a poli- and, and a police car, and one of our 18-wheel rigs was on fire. And uh, some members of the warehouse team who we were letting go because we were outsourcing our warehouse operation doused it with fuel and burned it to the ground. Mm. And uh, I was already struggling with the culture in this place. Like, every time I went to Oregon, I felt sick to my stomach. Like It's like... It was the first time since junior high school that I would eat alone in the cafeteria. It was like sad and lonely. Yeah. And then there was a burning truck outside, and I said, we're done. And so over the course of the next year, I transitioned to Utah. I hired redundant team. I was very honest with the team and say, look, this doesn't work. Like, we're fearing for our lives. You don't like me. You don't trust me. And I don't know how to change this place. And so respectfully, you play ball, stick around. I'll play, pay you very well. And we're leaving. And so we had a small office in Springville, small sales office. And I would say, you know, maybe a dozen people from Springville office joined us in Salt Lake. And three people from Oregon from the headquarter office joined us. And so that was, a, uh, that was actually a very dark period of my career. Uh, it was very, you know, people didn't trust me, didn't like mm. me. I felt unsafe, like physically unsafe in that place. Oh, I mean, um, yeah, you got burning, burning trucks. Burning truck. Like, yeah, who, the same. who knows what's next? Yeah, uh, I remember having the meeting that day, and I had my four executives who I'd hired from Skull Candy, <clears throat> and I said, "Hey guys, we don't know what's going to happen, so uh, I want people at four corners of the room. Someone pulls out a gun, at least they're only getting one of us." And uh, I said, "We're done." So I, 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 I brought it to Utah, and really rebuilt the business with the foundation being culture, like finding people that believed in, like really building something special that wanted to be part of a team and they wanted to collaborate and they, they wanted their career to be more than a job and more than money. Sounds like a do-over, coming to Utah, <clears throat> kind of starting from the ground up, let's build what we want to build, how we want to build it. It was, it was a startup. I mean, I, I was almost the second founder of this business. We started over. And uh, it, it just beca- it's become the, you know, the best experience of my career. And, you know, just I, this morning I was speaking to my product team. Um, they were doing an offsite to sort of plan their innovation for the next two to three years. And like I'm feeling the energy of these 40 people. And my greatest source of pride and joy of, of, of Traeger is the team. I just truly love the team. I love to be with the team. And... That is, that's the leading indicator of a bit that a business is going to do well. It's like you have a team and a culture that really stands for something. It's like there's mission and there's purpose and there's, there's a sense of belonging. And I feel that there. And it's like, I don't, I don't go to Traeger for my W-2 every other week. I go there because I want to. Like Sunday night rolls around. Like there was a day when I had a job and I would feel anxiety on Sunday night. And I think, oh, good weekend. I don't feel like going back. <laughs> For me, Sunday night rolls around. It's like, I am pumped to get Can't back wait in the Monday office. Morning. And that's a good yeah. feeling. And by the way, it's important that as, as the leader of that business, that I'm not the only guy thinking that. If I'm the only one having true. fun, yeah. I'm, I'm, a ba- I'm a bad CEO. And so I really, truly hope that everyone on Sunday evening is saying, I can't wait to get back. I can't wait to get to our 830 
all hands meeting with, you know, Paulina on the DJ, uh, you know, Jeremy on Jeremy MC and pe- people standing up and talking. And, you know, we do it virtually now, but I just want people to value their moments at Traeger because we all spend too much time working. And I just, I want people to have a positive experience there. I really yeah. do. How did you create that culture? Right, because I mean, your office is amazing. It's a good question. You have, I mean, if you don't know what a Traeger is, right? You've been living under a rock. I feel like, but like your, but your only Instagram. Only of the country has Traeger, so we have so much room to grow. Yeah, there's <laughs> so much. The, but I feel like, I mean, especially number. Utah. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're here. Yeah, we're we're local, so with Traeger. Utah, Traeger is it's, like, it's actually fifteen percent in Utah. Yeah. yeah. Your it's Instagram. High. I mean, you have these big barbecue cooks. You have people who love the the product. You I mean, how probably, did you create this? This culture that everybody just, because I mean, I think if you hear Traeger, I don't think anybody's had a negative. It's like you hear Traeger, you're like, oh, I love Traeger. Do you, do you know I what? Love, I love their grills. You know I, what I mean? It's I, like I appreciate you saying that. Um, two very simple things. Number one, we define what what we want our culture to stand for, and we define some very specific cultural values. And the purpose of those were uh, twofold. Number one, connect my vision for the business with our cultural values so that people know how to think, how to behave, how we sort of mutually think about building an organization together. Uh, and the second, uh, values that, that inspire people to be better, to, to, to be their best selves. And uh, so we established those and then we hired a team. And I interview every single person that we hire. Which every is, single one that comes through it's unwieldy like i've got to figure out a better way to do this but yesterday yeah, for yeah. example i interviewed uh, a sales rep in iowa and i interviewed one in nebraska who's moving to west texas to plano and um i and i and i don't look at their resume i don't ask about their job i assume that by the moment they've made it to my office or to my yeah, to yeah. my zoom <laughs> uh call in the in, in this day and age that they've been screened for capability, but the biggest mistake that I believe companies make is we only screen for capability, and we don't screen for culture. And so I meet them to figure out if they believe in our cultural values. And of course, they'll, they'll articulate them differently than they're not gonna say, you know, yes, cook together, I'm all in. Uh, no, you know, test kitchen mentality, which is one of our values. No one knows what that means when they come in but I ask them questions that get at the heart of whether or not it's part of them. If they were not a risk taker before, risk taking, smart risk taking at Traeger, like we really, we value and we embrace that. That's where innovation disruption comes from. But if someone's not a risk taker, they're not going to be culturally added to what we're, do- to what we're doing. And so honestly, I think the X factor in Traeger, the magic is the culture and it works because although like I believe in hiring a diverse team with diverse backgrounds, experiences, points of view, culture is the one area where you want alignment. And that's been, you know, I, I, was, I, I was doing the, I was being interviewed recently by uh, this person who writes for Wall Street Journal and Inc. And they had a single thing they were trying to understand. Where did your community come from? How did you build such a strong community and you know as we went through it we got to the end i said you know what honestly i've told you a whole bunch of things that are part of the formula but the reality is our community is nothing more than an outgrowth of our culture 
in, in Sugar House. And early on, when our brand was small, we, like, we influenced it. We treated our community the same way that we treated our, ourselves. And that was ground zero. And then suddenly this moment happens where we no longer own our community. Our community members own our community. And they're evangelizing our values without, not that, like very organically, not saying, you know, any, any of the values, but the, the, the people that come along, it's a little bit like the Pied Piper. You know, it's like they're attracted to something and they want to be part of it. And I think our community is just, it's an outgrowth of the values that we believe in and the culture. And if you walk into, yeah, yeah. you know, our Sugar House office, you know, I've never had someone make it back to my office without saying, this, this place feels good. I feel yeah. energy. I feel, and they say they <clears> feel. You smell good. Well, you do smell it. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, smell that. Smell you smell that from a long ways away. Yeah. That is true. No, that's true. Though. That's a that's a good point because even the, even the office like, setting itself, it's like when kind of when you walk in here, right? It's like well, it's a cool atmosphere. Yeah. You're walking like your Traeger, people and that's use right. your product are the same yeah. people that work for you. But <clears throat> Everyone I mean, in a sense, right? I'm just saying, like the community of the consumer, of you know, who consumes the product. It seems like it is just an extension. It's it's working. I mean, I've been in your office probably four or five times, and one time for you know one time for a dinner or a lunch. Did you come with us that with one Eric? Time? Yeah, you know, and I mean, it was just, I don't know, like, it's interesting, because I'm like, this is just like my house, this is just like my house so when I invite people over. That's what we want to have happen. Yeah. We want, like, great brands are authentic to the core. And what we want is for people to feel at every point of sale at Sells Traeger, in every gather around a table around the world, what we feel in our office. And so, you know, Instagram is, is intended to reflect what we're building but but now it's like now we have you know 800 partners around the world uh, some people call them influencers they're just our friends and they they believe in what we're doing and so when they showcase themselves to their community they they feel like they're part of our family yeah. even if they look totally different yeah it's true yeah i mean how I <laughs> i'm how like many... a trader salesman in my neighborhood yeah no, I mean it's legit. I, it's almost like I it's almost like I purposely shame somebody. Yeah, like, well we started hanging. You, you you don't what are you talking you hold on, hold on. You don't have a Traeger? That, yeah. that's literally now ask ask them this question next time, say, Oh cool, you got a gas grill. What flavor of propane well, do you yeah, cook well, with? Yeah. <laughs> oh, how good does that propane taste? Uh, you propane like the flavor of so <laughs> oh, this is so good. Yep. Like, oh when we when we started hanging out, you had yours. Yeah. And then I remember we were just moving into our house and I was budgeting for my backyard for grass, you know, all that stuff. And I budgeted in a Traeger, of course. So I got <laughs> mine. I love it. My brother-in-law gets one. My other brother-in-law gets one. My parents get one. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I imagine you hear this all the time. It's like, when you have a Traeger, you're telling everybody you have a Traeger. Yeah. It's and a, it's oh, amazing. Dude, it's very and then all you want to do, there's some days literally... <clears throat> I've wanted, actually, let me, I'll, I'll admit to this. I have, I've literally gone out and just ha smoke in my Traeger. And there's nothing cooking. I want my yeah. neighborhood to smell my We do, smoke. just for the, the smell of Smell the, the hickory rolling. I don't know if that's like a weird ego, weird, like there's a terminology. I mean, there's something <clears throat> maybe sinister about that or just off human that's, nature. That's Traeger Nation. Literally, right dude, I want yes. like, Traeger I Nation. wish I could turn it to super, super, super smoke and You're no the, food just so that people can see smoke coming out of my backyard. You're like, the king dude, of that the guy is cooking. King of the cul-de-sac, yeah, baby. King of the cul-de-sac. Cul yeah. How many people are dissatisfied? 
with their Traeger? Like, do you, do you get a ton of returns or people are like, you know hey, this sucks, man? We don't get a ton of returns, but I will tell you <clears throat> that it's easy for people to find me on LinkedIn, on, on Instagram. Oh, no. So they go, they're going right at you. They, 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 they do. Yeah. And, and honestly, nothing makes me feel worse than <laughs> someone who has a bad experience with a Traeger. Like, yeah. We don't get it right every time, and, I, and we aspire yeah. to. Uh, we had a we had a moment um, December twenty third. This guy reaches out to me just this a, December. Yeah, it's, by the way, sometimes you get some aggressive messages. Yeah, I right? like, and, and and I'll always diffuse it by saying, "Hey, thanks for your message. I would have helped you, like whether you said mean things or not. So how, let me let me see how I can get this." And they always come back and say, "I'm so sorry. I didn't expect you to answer." I was heated, wow. like yeah. no issue, like let's get it fixed, we owe you better. Uh, so this guy reaches out and he sends me a very respectful email or LinkedIn message, basically says, I spent two years thinking about the Timberline 1300. I bought it, uh, I went out and I bought Snake River Farms meat, I had all the food ready to go. Today is December 23rd, I had a meal planned for Thanksgiving, er, sorry for Christmas, for two days, and he said, my grill, uh, it showed up at the, the last mile provider. They called and said, uh, your grill is damaged. Would you still like to take possession of it? Like the box had been damaged, like severely damaged in, in ship, shipment. And he said, no. I mean, if it's damaged, I, I researched, I saved up for this thing. And he said, here I am with the meat and everything I was going to cook. My family was excited. And it's the 23rd. And it's not going to happen. And I saw that. And I just, my heart sank. So I said, I'm so sorry. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to fix this. We're going to figure it out. You can't get a grill like at 8 p.m. on the 23rd to someone by no, Christmas no. morning. Um, we figured, we, we found a retailer a long ways away, called him and said, hey, listen, would you please take a grill there? You know, we'll pay the transportation. Uh, we'll pay full price for the grill. We just got to get it there. This thing shows up about 5 p.m. on the 24th, and he burns it in, and he cooks his meal the next day. The, the message that he sent back, like fortunately, like on, the, on the 25th, this guy's sending me a message on, the 20, on Christmas Day showing me pictures of what he cooked and saying, this is like the greatest Christmas for my family. And, and he, made, he, he made this really great comment. He said, there's a lot going on in the world right now. It's a pandemic social unrest this has been a hard year and so i'm stepping back and almost feeling guilty that like i'm complaining about my traeger but thank you we got it like you you fixed yeah. it and when we don't get it right it pains me and then we step back and we don't just say hey, we got to fix this like this situation we step back and we say why did it happen like what is the root cause how do we fix that such that it never happens to someone else and like we're, we're starting to get really good at service. You know, when something goes wrong, you, you have to make it right. I mean, Tra Traeger Nation is a collection of people who love and respect the Traeger brand and the Traeger community. And when it doesn't go well, interestingly, if you fix it the right way, you build more loyalty than mm -hmm. had nothing ever gone wrong. Yeah. Of course, we'd never, we'd rather have nothing go wrong. But I really, I just believe... Brands are about experience. And if you don't deliver great experience, you will die a death of a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, um, I love it. 
I do have a question, totally off. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's not off. But before we kind of wrap, start wrapping it up, Skull Candy, Traeger, you've, mentioned, <laughs> you've met some... You've met some cool people. Don't ask me what's next. No, I'm not asking what's next. I, I promise Tell that. us what's next. No, no, no. I'm wondering, you know, because you got it like, you've hung out with a couple of, you know, a handful of NBA players, whatever. I hope you could answer this. There's got, is there somebody that you're like, dude, I'm going to meet so-and-so. Super excited. Like, no, I've never met him. Girl, guy. Super excited to meet him, and it was a flush turd. I mean, it was just like, dude, that was that person was not even as cool as I thought they were. So, yes. Okay. <laughs> the, the answer is yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I'm I not have, putting a spot to name names because this is this is going to be seen by four people. Yeah. Well, our, our, so our LinkedIn, our LinkedIn crowd. I I'm will just, be honest with your okay. four listeners. Then. Uh, <laughs> the answer is, um, you know, having spent time with a lot of professional athletes. Um, you know, our, I remember when I met Snoop the first time. He was like the biggest person I ever met, and I'm like nervous as could be. Yeah. And then I remember sitting in Jay Z's office, uh, not, not with him, but he walks in, spends a little bit of time. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, met a lot of interesting people. Jay Z was actually interesting. Like he's a he's a bright guy that, that yeah, he's runs a, his business. He's a businessman. He yeah. is a businessman, but for the most part. Uh, big name celebrities just don't do anything for me, I, yeah. and, and it's not like it's not no disrespect. I just haven't found the most interesting conversation to happen with them. Yeah, like for me, it's all like I would love like who do I really want to meet? Bill Gates, Warren Buffett. Mm -hmm. Like I I I, I I I I I revere Steve Jobs as a consumer. I like in in my office at home, I've got like front and center with a light on it, it just uh, a silhouette of Steve Jobs. Uh, people like that, I really, really enjoy. I, I had had dinner a couple of years ago with um, uh, Reed Hastings, found, founder of Next Netflix. I love his story. That's a guy yeah. that I loved meeting. So for me, it's like meeting, so it wasn't necessarily, yeah. meeting interesting people who have a story to tell is like, I, I love it. And every once in a while you meet like a really, really big name and you realize, number one, they don't care about you. And number two, what makes them great is perfectly fine seen from a distance. They're just not always the most interesting people. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that was kind of my assumption. I mean, I haven't met many people, but it was just, yeah, it'd be interesting in your, in your shoes, just having people that I've looked, you know, not that you looked up to, they're just, they're definitely celebrity. And you see them, you're like, oh, dude, yeah, but cool to meet that guy or, or whatever. Holy crap, he just bought a Traeger. Now I got to go hang out with him. Yeah. And then you sit down, and it's the dumbest. It's like, hold, this yeah. is the, what the hell? I mean, I've, I've had just very mixed experiences. Uh, yeah. Like some people, like I remember um, when I first started getting to know Joe Rogan. Yeah. Just thinking, this guy's the best. Like he's, ex what you see is what you get. I, mean, yeah. I remember sitting down and having lunch, spending two or three hours over lunch. It's like, we need to talk business. He is just exactly who you, authentic to who he is. He's exactly who he is on his show. He, it would right? not surprise you at all. I remember yeah. when, like, I was starstruck when Paul Ryan, you know, the then Speaker of the House, reached out and said, "I, you know, I just left Congress a couple of years ago. I love, like, I'm an outdoorsman. I hunt and I love Traeger. And like, <laughs> dude, you made made my day. Sends me a picture of him and his Traeger. Like people like that." I just always enjoy those types of people. And I get yeah. lucky that 
I get to meet some interesting yes, people. Yes. Honestly, for me, the best thing ever in terms of meeting people, it's it's go it's getting in a car and driving around retail and talking to the store associates locally that sell Traeger for us. Yeah. That it's like you just hear their story and it's like an ace hardware, like their grandfather built it and built this patio and now they're selling Traeger. And so you get to be a part of the heritage of a family business. Those are for me, probably the most endearing conversations that I have. That's cool. That's great. I love it, man. Well, <clears throat> thank you. My Thanks pleasure. for sharing your passion. I mean, <laughs> we're great. Thanks for the pizza. We're not. Yeah, we're not completely done. A few more minutes. We got. Okay. We just got a few more things, but right. we're, we're switching gears. Low, low car monster. There <laughs> we're, we go. We're switching gears here, though. But yeah, yeah thank you, man. That's been amazing. I mean, to hear the story, and um, I mean, we love Traegers. We're big supporters, and thank appreciate you. you coming on. Absolutely. Um, so at the very end. <clears throat> We do a couple things. So I have three songs. I'm just going to give you the lyrics. You just got to try to tell me who oh, it is no. in the name of the song. I'm terrible at this. Okay. <laughs> and then after that, we have some would you rather questions. Okay. And the only rule is you have to answer. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, no. Okay? The would you rather. Yeah, yeah. yeah got to answer the would you rather. Okay. <clears throat> All right. First song. So these are like 1990s. One of them is early 2000. Okay. Oh, life is bigger it's bigger than you, and you are not me. The lengths that I will go to, the distance in your eyes. Oh no, I've said too much. I set it up. That's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight. Oh, I know. Got it. That's me in the corner. Yes. Losing my religion. Yes. R.E.M. Oh, I loved R.E.M. back in the day. I haven't heard that since You're wearing his hat right now. In that video, I swear he didn't have your hat. You <laughs> he might have. I don't know. Yeah. Actually, I saw that. I was getting my better than '80s videos. I was getting my haircut, and that came on. I'm like, that's gonna be one we're doing. Okay, you'll get Are this you? one. Want to get this one? You'll get this one. Okay. If you don't, then yeah, I'll sing it. Then, then you, then you jump up. in and help yeah, me. Then yeah, you're okay. not a fan. Okay. Son, she said. Oh yeah. Have I got a little story for you? Yeah, this is done. What you thought was your daddy was nothing but a. While you, <clears throat> while you were sitting home alone at age there? 13, your real daddy was dying. All those pictures. All three of those Sorry pictures. Sorry you didn't see him. But I'm glad that we talked. Pearl Jam. Pearl, Pearl Jam. Jam. Yeah. Do you know the song? Is it on the wall? No. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I don't know. It could be. Yeah, it could be in one. Those are two, two shots. I don't know. Do you know the that song? That was some artwork. Oh, that one's over there is artwork from a Missoula. A show awesome. in Missoula. Uh, super cool. Do you know what song that was? Um... Yeah, black. Nope. No. Um, hold on. Sun. I can't. You're not making Alive. It. Alive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it right. was from the 10 album. Yeah. Okay, last one. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop top, he says I'm going to win big. Choose not a life of imitation. Distant cousin to the reservation. This is early 2000s. Yep. Defunct the pistol, pistol that you pay for. This punk the feeling that you stay for. In time, I want to be your best friend. East side love is living on the west end. East side. Knock out, boy. Oh, excuse me. Knock out, but boy, you better oh, come no. to. Don't what? die. You know the truth as some do. Go write your message on the pavement. Is this rap? Is this a rap? <clears throat> what the? Burn so bright, I wonder what the wave meant. He, let's see, white heat is screaming in the jungle. Complete the motion if he's done. 
Oh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Come back with me. Yeah, okay. The world I love, the tears I drop to be. Yeah, dude. When you read it, there's no way. Some of those, there's no way. Man, it's hard. It's hard. That's a tough one, dude. Yeah. Because that whole thing was like... They even sang it faster than you read that. That could be a rap song. Shoot, dude. Okay. All right, would you rather? Okay, the first would you rather is this. Okay. We ask this one every time. <clears throat> Barry Bonds takes his bat, and he ta- he's a, it's a home run swing, right? Right to the middle of your back. Okay. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Wait, I hope the second choice gets or, better. <laughs> no. Or Tiger Woods takes his driver, and he swings as hard as he can right to the front of your shin. Is is this Barry Bonds? This is this is steroids. steroids. Oh, this is this is home run. This is home run season. I got to tell you, smoking balls into the bay. Having uh, having walked behind Tiger and watched him hit that driver, I'm going with Barry Bonds. Okay. Not not only because you didn't give me a third option. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. That's good. That's That's you're in the you're in the minority. Yep. Really. That's about twenty percent. I'm a Barry Bonds. I take a Barry Bonds guy. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's good. Okay. That's tough. Uh, (laughs) That was not what I was expecting, (laughs) by the way. This will probably be easy after eating those freaking fermented beans. Uh, Would you rather eat a small can of cat food or two rotten tomatoes? Cat food. Cat food? Yeah. All right. You know, it's edible for cats, edible for me. Uh, would you rather have a horse's? This is noticeable. You can't hide it. Would you rather have a horse's tail or a unicorn horn? You can't hide it. It's can't like sticking it. out of your pants. Yeah, it's everybody knows. Horse's tail. Yeah. The tail. Swap the flies. Yeah. I think the horn, the, the the unicorn thing would get in the way. I think you could. I think you can manage the tail more than the unicorn. At least the tail, you can sit in the chair. Yeah. Yeah. Your girls could braid it. Be good. Yeah. Keep them busy, dude. It'd be fine. You're talking. Okay. Yeah. It's a horse's tail. Yeah. You could braid it. Yeah. yeah. Swap the flag. Can you manage? Can you can you control it like yeah, a horse? Just sure. Whipping. Whip it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, would you rather have a pig nose or a monkey face? A monkey face or pig nose? Yep. I dislike monkeys. I've been attacked by monkeys before. Yeah. I hate mon- my children. Know I hate monkeys. No so monkeys. The, no yeah. monkeys. Give me the pig no, nose. Give me the pig yeah. nose. Yeah. All right. Would you rather have no sense of smell, or smell everything around you with like? Extra ability. It's like somebody does like a little, you know, yeah. little burp. Like you're getting that everywhere. You know what? So, <clears throat> having talked to people who lost their sense of smell and taste, they said hardest. Like it was, it was like remarkable. It was hard. Yeah. Like they, they, yeah. And so I would say, I'm gonna go with an extra sense and extra. I'll just, I'll just manage. You'll be fine. Manage through that. Yeah. It'll be good. The no, the no smell for me would be it'd be a lot easier to stay trim. Yeah, it probably would. That's kind of the silver lining, I think. You could smell Wouldn't the hickory eat. rolling smoke. I know. Your back it'd deck. be like it's true, but I'd still. The thing is, I I'd still eat it. I'd probably just take it. And I would. I uh, yeah, I don't know. That's tough. That is a tough one. Ah, shoot. All you got is texture at that. That sucks. That's true. You're talking zero smell, so it's virtually zero taste. Yeah. As well. You probably take this. You probably take the extra sense. Yeah. Extra I was smell. talking to a guy in Costa Rica who had had COVID and lost his sense of smell and taste, mm-hmm. and he had gotten it all back except he couldn't smell poop. 
Really? Could not. That's said, like the best no, I said, outcome ever. I said, that's okay, that's right? Great, yeah. He's like, no, it's great. It's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Like, want to change my kid's diapers? No problem. Yeah, that's good, yeah. That's like that's the best possible outcome. Yeah. yeah. You didn't give me that option. I would have taken that, <laughs> taken that one. Yeah. Uh, would, you, would you have rather had an arranged marriage or spend the rest of your life single? Boy, oh. can, can I see the woman that I was arranged with? Before? So it's not like, because usually arranged marriages, you okay, do know, totally, like, you meet, sometimes you, they, they meet, well. like, hey, yeah. two years you Only see. Yeah. Only see. So you know what she looks like physically, but you don't know what's going on up there. Mm. <clears throat> Guys? Single. Single. <laughs> I'm going single. I can be really it's happy. It's a crapshoot. That's too bad. I love too. my wife and children, but I chose them. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like, I'm a guy, I think I, I can make things work most of the time. Like, I really do. Like, I, I, I can... I think I can get over things and make things work. I just don't know if you could do that for the lifetime. No, it was a long time. Yeah. Uh, as as when I was thinking about getting married, what did this per, what was the advice? Would you rather be single or be married wishing you were single? And I got married, and yeah. it turned yeah. out great. But uh, there's no way Why you can find happiness single. You can do it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah if you're not a douche. Right? That's right. I mean, you just be a good person, yeah. like you, you know. Yeah. Can you can you date still? Absolutely. Sure, well, you're yeah. just not married. You're just not getting married. Yeah. Yes, that's perfect. Good. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> All right. Would you rather have disappointing sex every night for a full year, Eesh. or great sex for one night? Oh, sh- hold on. Uh, back, <laughs> back up. Hold on. <laughs> that's a terrible well, on, set on, of yeah, choices. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. Is okay. there no way in your no way? Has anyone ever, where did that, what? Question come hold from? On, hold like, on, back up, dude, reader. Yeah. So you're telling me, so if it's the one a year, there's no yeah. way, there's no hand relief? There's no, <laughs> we're talking, there's nothing, right? Uh, well, I mean, we're getting into well, the weeds, right? I know, it's but like, specific, you gotta be specific. If we need data, we need information. No, nothing. 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 So it's no once a year no. or disappointing every night. every night. Take it every night. It's like at least there's at least it's you're gonna get done. Yeah. You're just gonna be like, there's no I, way. I no. agree. There's no way. Like you could you could look right forward now. to it for 364 days, and but on just, the the next next day it's like I'm dead for dude. And yeah. Then, okay. There's By no the way, way, that was like I preferred the Barry Bonds Tiger Woods question. <laughs> like I preferred that. Like that's a. That's a terrible set that's of choices. A, that's a terrible set of choices. Life is better to us than that. That's yeah. when you know it's a good and then you have you to then you have to that's show right. your hand. Then you're showing your hand, to, and you have to answer. That's the problem. Yeah, you got to. That's and the then it's like, but oh man, there's no way. Yeah, I got a few more of those for you. Oh, uh, would you rather have a hook for a hand or a peg for a leg? Hook for a hand. Mm. Peg for a leg. Hook for a hand. I don't know. I just find that if I've I've had a hand injury before, yeah, but you can you move are, your hand to the mountain it's bike. De- it's debilitating, like this typing. Think about grabbing that stake. Y- yeah, flipping it over. Well, dude, oh, you could flip it with the hook though. That, yeah. That's, yeah, you'd be like the ultimate triggerer. I, I'm I'm gonna go um, I'm gonna go peg leg. Like I've I've seen people learn to sprint. Yeah. With prosthetic limbs. Is it like below the knee? Is, is it below the knee? Yeah. Below the knee. That's better. I'm taking yeah. that. Yeah. Peg leg. Okay. Because uh, if it was to the if it was one straight no, peg different. from the yeah. hip oh. down, give me the hook. Yeah. yeah I think do you have do you have any trouble with spiders? Uh-uh. 
they some people they freak out in my family for me it's like whatever give me give me tissue i'll squeeze it put it in the toilet done what about lots of spiders and big ones uh, i i i've uh no i don't like them Okay, would you, I just want to make because if it's like you have no problem. Oh, I, I like, have a problem with that, yes. yes. All right, would you rather be trapped in a small room with 10,000 tarantulas no. for 10 minutes Okay. or eat 10 tarantulas in 10 minutes? So I am told that tarantulas actually don't hurt you. So I would, it would eat, be the. It's just the fear of. I, I, would, I would eat them quickly and be done. I Just would tell them. myself something, I'd eat them quickly. Cooked or alive? Oh, they're alive. You're eating live. Oh, live. you feel Ten live ones? Yeah. You got to. Well, then, then the question Hold is, on. do you chew them up or swallow quickly? You, you have experience like... with probably very unique, weird foods. Yeah. Oh, More I, than most. I can tell you things. Uh, <laughs> I've never eaten live ants. Yeah. But I've eaten worse. I might take 10 minutes in there. I, uh, I mean, they get... People that would feel like an time. eternity. That though. would feel like a long it time. Would. I think I'd just throw up. I don't know if I could do that. I'm taking the 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah 10 I minutes. just don't think I'm I there. Do that. Yeah. Uh, would you rather have to wear pink Ugg boots or pink Crocs for the rest of your life? Oh, jeez. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that one hard? Hold on. Oh, it might be the Crocs. I'm going Crocs. He's making probably a joke about it. They're comfortable. More functional. functional. Yep. Yeah, you can do probably do a little more of those. Yeah. Uh, would you rather be unable to use search engines ever again or unable to use social media ever again? Oh, boy. I live no on search engines. No social. Social. Social, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. During sex, <laughs> would you rather accidentally call your wife by your mom's name? Or have them do that to you? Wait, so what? What is? Well, hold on. You're, well, what is she saying? She's, she's saying calling you by your dad. By her dad, or her, or your dad, or her dad. Your dad, because it would be her mom, your mom. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Wait, what was the saying? What was the saying? <laughs> I know so I accidentally like call your wife by your mom's name. So your mom. Or have them. Say your dad. Do that dad's to you, name. your dad. Okay. Honestly, <laughs> this is where I just tap out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. We can we can skip. We can uh, skip. I would, if I have to answer, Danny, because I, I, I made <laughs> okay, a, I made a commitment years ago yeah. that I would always answer would you rather. I think I would take her saying my dad. I no okay. question. Yeah. Okay. No Because it doesn't. That's guys, unfortunate, guys, it but it's not. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Girls, it doesn't roll off. Yeah. It's, it's not gonna. That's going to affect you yeah. guys. It could affect you guys for weeks. Yeah. Maybe longer. But no, it's just like, oh, yeah. I, I get it. It's a mistake. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what is a restaurant that you just, you'll never step foot in? Huh. The restaurant that I used to wait tables in. Okay. It was a Marriott Hotel. <laughs> and when I saw, by the way, no disrespect to Marriott, great brand. This is... 30 years ago when I saw what happened to some of the food in the, in the kitchen, I could, yeah. I could never go back. Okay. We're going to use that restaurant at that time. Oh, okay. Who is your biggest competitor to that restaurant? No, no, no. Traeger. Traeger. Who's Traeger's biggest competitor? Oh, uh, Weber. Weber. Okay. Weber. So would you rather live the rest of your life only eating in that restaurant oh, or 
you can only use a Weber grill, but you still work a Traeger. So this is the only one that you've given me that's easy. Is it? Okay. I freaking hate Weber okay. with a passion. Easy. I will eat the food. You'll, You'll eat, eat the food. The food. You'll be there the for food. the rest of your life. <laughs> I will that's eat the good. Food. Okay. That's great. I figured. I figured. I don't that think would there was the any answer, choice. There was yeah. no choice. Okay. <laughs> There's no choice. Freaking hate Weber. Down with No Weber. disrespect to Weber. I respect them. You respect who though? <laughs> you respect my, I respect the, my competition. Some, you respect the the the, the spirit of competition. The, spirit the of competition. competition. Spirit of competition. I respect the spirit of competition enough to know that. There's only one answer, and that's slit the jugular. Good. Oh, I love it. it. Yes. Fierce. I love it. Feed, feed me the food. Love, dude. We're ending. Okay. We're ending right. Yeah. Traeger Nation. Jugular. Traeger Nation, Traeger baby. Nation, baby. That's it. Okay. Thanks, Brown man. Thanks, man. This is cool. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, guys. Thank I enjoyed it. That was awesome. Cut. I wish we had a little. <laughs> Either way. <laughs>